0: Praise
1: Thee, Lord, for Thy great plan, that we
2: thy place may be. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. An exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org. Now, here's our show today. The greatest promise is not something the Lord will give us outwardly but something the Lord will make us inwardly. Today on Life Study of the Bible, we're going to talk about this greatest promise given to the overcomers in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. And with us to discuss it is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back to our program.
1: Thank you very much, Chris. It's always good to be here to fellowship with you.
2: Francis, recently we've been talking quite much about the rapture of the overcomers. But today we want to shift a little bit and talk about the overcomers themselves and this greatest of all promises given to them in Revelation 2 and 3. Let me read chapter 3, verse 12, and then ask you to give a little opening word, Francis. This verse says, He who overcomes, him I will make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall by no means go out any more. And I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my new name. Francis, what are your thoughts on this verse?
1: Well, this verse is really, uh, one of the most difficult in all of these seven letters to the, uh, churches in Revelation 2 and 3. And it's different. The reward here is different because in every one of the other cases, like in Ephesus and Smyrna and Pergamos, all these other cases, the reward to the overcomers is something that he gives to them. For example, uh, with Ephesus, he said, those that overcome in that case where they had lost their first love, mm-hmm. he said, those that overcome, I will give to eat of the tree of life. He used the word give, I will give. Mm-hmm. And then in Smyrna, he said, they will not suffer uh, the second death. Right. And then in, uh, each one of these cases of the six, besides Philadelphia, he gives them something as you mentioned, in an outward way. Right. But in this one, uh, Brother Lee mentions that this is one of the hardest verses for different Bible students to try to interpret. But here he talks about doing something, not just giving something outwardly, but making them something. I think we're in for a real treat to see the difference and to see what the Lord's real purpose is with the church in Philadelphia. Those that overcome there, will be made something. I will make you, Mm. he says.
2: Well, Francis, we've read and talked a little bit about Revelation 3.12. The next verse is also important as we prepare to join Witness Lee. This verse, which is included in all of these letters, says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's join Witness Lee. And may we all have an ear, Francis, to hear what the Spirit is speaking today. Amen.
1: Verse
0: 12 of... Chapter 3, he who overcomes, I will make him, I will make him. It doesn't mean I will give him. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall by no means go out more. And I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the seed of my God the new Jerusalem, which descends out of heaven from my God and my new name. This is the Lord's promise to the overcomers in the church in Philadelphia. This promise is the biggest one among all the seven promises in the seven epistles. The biggest blessing Of the Lord's promise. It's not that He will give us something. But that He will make us to be something. Not that He will give us the holiness. Not that He will give us the heavenly blessings. No. But that He will make us to be something. To make us to be something involves two things. Number one, transformation. And number two, building. The biggest blessing the Lord could render to us is to transform us. No other blessing is so big as this world. Not only so, but also to build us into His temple. This is the biggest. If you just spent... That little power you have received of the Lord and His Word and you mean business. You are in a position that the Lord has the chance to make you a pillar. This means what? This means, firstly, to transform you into the precious material. And secondly, to build you into that pillar. How could you a piece of clay be the pillar in God's temple? No way. But to be transformed from a piece of clay transformed into the precious stone to be built into God's building. Then you are a pillar there. I tell you, this is the biggest blessing. Not something but a kind of being, what you are. The biggest blessing is not that what the Lord gives you, but that what the Lord will make you, what the Lord will make you to be. This is the biggest blessing.
2: Francis, I think if most Christians were uh, to consider the biggest blessing from the Lord, they no doubt would be thinking in terms of something that the Lord wanted to give. Uh, But let's contrast that with this biggest blessing or greatest blessing that we're hearing about today, not something that we get, something we become.
1: I'm afraid, uh, Chris, almost universally among Christians, the thought of getting something, him giving us something, predominates over him making us into something. So this message is really of paramount importance to any Christian who wants to really be an overcomer. He wants to make us into something. We really need a change of concept in this matter. And if we get this Word into us, uh, it will really revolutionize our concept. So if we've seen this vision of the Lord making us something inwardly, not just giving us something by way of a blessing, Mm -hmm. we will see that this is the greatest blessing of all, that He's making us something. I think uh, farther on as we get into this message by Brother Lee, we're going to see what He really is making us to be. But the thing that's important right now is that we get a vision that He is not just blessing us. We do have this in the other rewards, as we mentioned earlier. Right. But the, the other rewards for the overcomers have this thought in it, but that's not so obvious and not so prevailing. But now it's very prevailing, what He will make us. If we will be overcomers in today's church life, He will make us to be something of Himself. He will make us such a one that He can put His own name on us.
2: Francis, as we uh, spent some time a few weeks ago going through these seven epistles... The church in Philadelphia is in a unique position. We saw, I guess in a way of a brief review, that through looking at these seven epistles that are recorded in Revelation 2 and 3, we really see the whole of church history summarized, encapsulated in these seven uh, eras that are represented by each of these epistles. And among them, Philadelphia is very unique. Mm-hmm. It really was the church of the overcomers, uh, where not just a few, but we really see it typifying a condition of overcoming uh, corporately in that whole setting. And to these ones, this unique promise, that he would make them pillars in his house. It is another realm of blessing than I think we typically think
1: of. Yes, I I believe this is exactly the case, that we need to realize there is a historical aspect of this. And for the church to be the overcoming church, uh, you do have something that the Lord is doing inwardly to change the nature of those overcomers.
2: Witness Lee is going to stay on this topic of the biggest blessing. Let's join him once again.
0: The biggest blessing the Lord promises us with is He's now making us to be something. And the way for Him to make us to be something is to work Himself into us. This writing of the name really means to work what God is in us. To work what the new Jerusalem will be into our being. And to work the real attributes of what Christ is into us as a new experience. So eventually by this working, the new names will be written on us. The writing of the names... It's the working of his element into us. I use this illustration. Here is a piece of wood. It is not petrified. Then the water flows through this piece of wood. All the time, all the time, all the time, all the time, the flow of the water will what? Will carry away the junky nature of the wood and bring in the solid mineral element into this wood. And eventually, the petrification will be complete. Amen. After completion, you can write petrified wood. The designation just describes what has been wrought into a bee. The writing of the name, I say again, is just... The describing of the working of the divine element into our being. So you see, the highest, the biggest blessing in the church life is not that He will give us something, but is that He is now working Himself into us to make us To be something else, that we may be a part of the new delusion, that we may have something of God, and we may have some new experience of the all-inclusive Christ. This is the biggest blessing, surely the Lord will take care of us, but all these cares, He wouldn't consider as blessing. The real blessing is that he's making it to be something else.
2: Francis, I really love this picture of the petrification of wood. Petrified wood is something very unique, but what a graphic illustration of how all the, as he termed it, junky elements are washed away by the flowing of the water through this piece of wood, develop this thought for us a little bit as to how it applies to us in the Lord's desire to make us into pillars, which is far greater than any outward gift of blessing.
1: I would certainly agree this is far greater than any outward blessing. There's something here in this illustration of the petrified wood that really does illustrate what the Lord is promising to do for the overcomers, to make them into something that they were not before. And this is exactly what happens to wood. When it gets petrified, the flowing of water through that wood, as he mentions, just uh, washes out all the natural elements. Mm -hmm. And it brings in the elements that is in the water. In this case, this element that's flowing through us is the divine nature, God's own nature. And it's flowing into us by means of the Word, by means of our fellowship, by means of our prayer, by the transforming work we are being flowed into, I would say, so that we can become another kind of person. He didn't say, when he got through with this illustration with the petrified wood, he didn't say this is petrified, that's it. Mm -hmm. It's petrified wood. Right. So he's doing something with man. And these men are overcomers. And they have God's nature wrought into them to such an extent that the old self-life has been washed away, and another nature has been put into us so that we can be God-men. We can have the name of God written on us. You know, I think it would be uh, frightening for some people to say, if you ask me my name, I would say, just read what's on my forehead. (laughs) G-O-D. So you have to blame God. He put the name there, not me. So I think we realize that uh, there is that sense in which we become those whom God can write on. He can write His own name on us, and He can write even the name of the New Jerusalem on us. So that means we have become that kind of person, that kind of being, by what He is making us to be. It's not what we can do by our effort, but it's what He's making us to be by the work of transformation. Francis, I used to live in a
2: city that had a large university close to where we lived, and at this university was, they claimed, the world's largest petrified wood museum. Uh, we would go there frequently with visitors and guests, and uh, whole tree's intact. And it never ceased to amaze me how the appearance was so much wood. Mm-hmm. It just looked like the tree, but when you bumped into it, uh, there was a big difference. Right away, you're aware, this is not a natural piece of wood. Something in its nature had really changed, yet outwardly the appearance was much the same. And it strikes me, when we're around a person who has been with the Lord for many years and has experienced uh, years of this kind of flowing, they may look about the same, but when you get near them, you're aware of a difference.
1: Well, that's a marvelous application of this illustration.
2: Francis, we want to go back to Witness Lee for this concluding word let me take our listeners back to 1976 when this was spoken. The two sections we just heard were spoken in a uh, conference setting uh, and a good quality recording. That same day, later in the day, at another meeting of uh, just the church, Witness Lee spoke this following portion as a kind of a supplemental word. The content is tremendous, but it was not done when they were expecting him to speak to such an extent, and the recording definitely reflects that. Uh, we just wanted to warn our listeners a little bit. The quality of the recording here is going to be definitely below what we've just heard, but we felt like we wanted to include at least a small portion. The content is very rich on this matter of transforming for God's building. Let's join Witness Lee once again.
0: The purified wood. It's a good, very, very good illustration. Naturally speaking, we all are so natural, wooden. The way to get a piece of wood petrified is to let the flow of the living water to get through you Amen. to uh, carry away all your wooden element. All your wooden substance, element, essence, has to be carried away. And has to be replaced with what? With the solid mineral elements. Now God is really purifying us. By what way? By the flow of his divine life. Your natural essence has been carried away by the flow of the divine life. And this flow of the divine life has replaced your natural essence with the divine element. Today, for his testimony to fulfill his eternal purpose, we all have to say, Lord, I'm here. I have seen the vision. But I need your pacification. I need to be pacified by you. Carry away every bead of my natural being, and replace be it with yourself. How could the Lord make you so muddy, so even a pillar of precious stone? No other way but by transforming you. We will becoming the precious stone material for his building then what then he sure is ready to build us into his building and this building is what this building eventually is at the new jerusalem
2: francis we end today with the petrifying work of the holy spirit in our being to make us the new jerusalem Comment a little bit from your own experience, Francis, of this flowing of the Lord Jesus within us and how it always results in something for God's building, His
1: ultimate purpose. We need to see, uh, Chris, that all of our living, the Christian life, has to include this matter of transformation. Uh, so many Christians have a wrong concept about transformation, thinking that it's an improvement they're trying to reach or that it's not going to happen until... Uh, the Lord comes. They mix up uh transformation with transfiguration, right? thinking they're going to be fully transformed and transfigured in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. No, this transforming is just like he illustrated. It's the flowing of the divine life through our being, so that day by day we're being changed in our nature uh to be the same as God is in life and in nature so that He can even put His own name on us. If we are the overcomers, He can even put His own name and the the name of Christ and the name of the city of my God, as He says. Mm -hmm. That's the New Jerusalem. And when you see that the New Jerusalem is the ultimate in God's intention, this is the conclusion of the whole Bible. The goal of what He is after is have the New Jerusalem. And this New Jerusalem comes about by the transforming of the believers in their daily living, and then building them up together. So that building becomes not now called the temple simply, but also called the new Jerusalem. This is God's goal. This is where we're headed. This is what we're becoming. And transformation and building is for this purpose. So therefore, when he gets a people that have been transformed by this flowing river of transforming water that is really changing our nature, He can write on us. And what He writes on us is a description of what we have become. He really wants to bring us to be with Him the new Jerusalem.
2: Francis, going back to the uh, illustration that He's used for this whole program today, this matter of the petrification, if the wood does not somehow find its way into the stream. The process can never begin, can it? It could be right next to the stream. It could see other pieces of wood, other trees that are in the stream, but it has to be itself in that stream and stay there.
1: That's right. That's very important because if we're if we just looking at the stream, we're not going to get transformed. I think if anyone has the opportunity to go through the petrified forest in Arizona, they could get a real picture of what we've been talking about today because they see what looks like trees, as you mentioned in your own experience, but they really are petrified. They are trees that have been changed by the flowing of water through them. They were in the stream, and they got changed. And,
2: Francis, certainly those trees were not changed in the twinkling of an eye. (laughs)
1: That's right.
2: Francis, this is a marvelous topic and just an outstanding message by our brother, and we would really recommend the written life study to our listeners on this one. Uh, Of course, this is in volume number two of the Life Study of Revelation. It's a four-volume set. Many of you have contacted us uh, about receiving these volumes to become an aid in another kind of study of Revelation that we believe we are privileged by the Lord to be able to bring to you each day. So please contact us about these printed volumes and also the other study materials that we have uh, mentioned to you over the course of the weeks we've been in the Life Study of Revelation. Our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. You can write to us, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to us. Send it to radio at lsm.org. Join us again tomorrow as we continue our life study of the book of Revelation for Francis Paul today and Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee produced by Living Stream Ministry. We have these recorded studies on every book of the Bible available to you online, free of charge. Just visit our website, lsmradio.com. You can download the MP3 files, stream them live, or add them to your podcast subscriptions, all at no charge. Once more, the website, lsmradio.com. To contact us, send email to radio at lsm.org or call us at 1888 life study that's 888 543 3788 thanks for listening today